Christopher Tomlin from Alice Springs. Pull tight is my tribal name. And what we're going to do is, is let people know that for the last 230 years this country has been invaded and a lot of atrocities took place. And we're going to mark 2019 as the date to end it all. And have a call in some healing for everybody to heal and to end this war that's been happening for over 230 years in this country. The idea of a war in Australia may come as a surprise to many, including most Australians. But there are others, living on the fringes, who feel a silent war is being waged, one that is stripping them of their land, dignity, and culture. January 26, 2019 was the 49th anniversary of the founding of the Tent Embassy in Australia's capital, Canberra. What started nearly five decades ago as a simple act of civil disobedience has turned into a sprawling community of tents, makeshift camps, and caravans. Australia has developed a complicated relationship with January the 26th, and I traveled to the tent embassy to take part in a sovereignty march across Canberra. The march drew several hundred people, which included elders like Chris Tomlin, he was also clipping the stones at the beginning of this recording, and other activists, both white and black, from across Australia. My name's Hazel and I'm a white Australian woman uh, of British descent and I'm born on Dararwal countries. I met Hazel in downtown Canberra. She was selling a red lapel similar to the Flanders poppy. It was the desert pea, a flower used much like the Flanders poppy to commemorate those who have fallen in the settlement of Australia. I thought the connection was so obvious that someone must have done it. And as I went to do my research, I realised that no one had thought of a commemorative flower to raise the people's conscience about the frontier wars and atrocities. Others in the crowd could still feel that history. I met Karen and Gail. Karen was holding a sign that read 3% survival a reference to the decimation of the Aborigine people. Get over it so long ago, but they're not the ones sitting at home and having to listen to the stories of their uncles and their, their aunties and their mothers and their fathers of the stuff that they went through when they were children. So we grow up listening to those stories and there needs to be change, you know, because it's at home. We're the ones that hear it at home. So this why it needs to be changed. I think having Australia Day, the national day, on a day where Australia was invaded is unbelievably sad. As someone who has fallen in love with the natural splendor of Australia and has a comfortable job, it was a bit jarring to see people get so visibly distraught when talking about a country that has such affluence. Before the march began, some speeches were given. They weren't shy in offering very harsh criticism of the current state of Australia. Build on lies, deceit, fraud, propaganda, and race hatred indoctrination. How could we be proud of that? What are we leaving for our children here? There's no doubt about it. It's a Nazi wet dream. You make Nazis look like amateurs. When you look at his history, folks, and that's what's going to judge it in the day, and your children, you're going to see what we're saying is true. As a young First Nation woman, I am three, three times more likely to experience sexual violence and five times more likely to experience physical violence than any other young woman in this country. And that's not okay. 
and we will not give in. And Australia Day is not a day to be celebrated in the way it is. We don't need to just change a day, we need to change the culture and the nation that supports it. Because our sovereignty never ceded. And uncover, uncover with this red the bloody truth of our dead in Australian fields. In Australian fields. Lest we forget Australia. Lest we forget. From there, a group of Aboriginal bikers led the crowd across the Commonwealth Bridge and back to the lawns of the old Parliament House. I took a few moments to speak with some of the marchers. What am I doing now? I'm remembering. I'm remembering the, uh, the achievements of Aboriginal people the uh, trauma that they've um, been through, but they overcome. And uh, we as a community must come together to form a better quality community. How do you think most people in Canberra feel about this today? Do they care? Is this like a bad day? I hope they're embarrassed that they didn't join in. <laughs> I think most people would be supportive. It would just depend on if their supportive is active or passive. I think most people would, would understand and, and be sympathetic. It's just whether, yeah, that leads to their action or not. Upon returning to the site of the tent embassy, a traditional smoke ceremony was held. A ceremony for the 26th of January for all the tent embassy past heroes who put this place, lest we forget, put this place here so that we could do this. We have to give thanks to our ancestors. Yeah. While it was made obvious that this was a powerful and important moment, it still had an element of lightheartedness and fun. Okay, you're welcome. Come for Oh, Jesus, that's you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Grab those legs, put them off. Look what Alice Bursbury do. Thank you. Heal the world. Heal all the people of the world. <laughs> After the ceremony, the afternoon was spent resting on the grounds of the embassy, having a typical Australian barbecue, and listening to speakers talk about the past struggle and the future of the sovereignty movement going forward.